Okay, so I think I've I think I've got it recorded. Wait, I gotta get my notebook. And, nope. Oh. What? I, I gotta get a drink to it. Hold just a second. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. So I think it's going. All right. Um, Wait, do you need anything? Yeah, I probably have to go to the bathroom, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, I'm old. Is it recording? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, this is the... Truly Unlimited Podcast. Here we go. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Truly Unlimited Podcast. I'm Don Bruce, and I'm here with... I'm Jeff Plunkett. And we're glad you've joined us today. Today, our topic is... Who am I to God? We've been working through our perspective questions PDF that's on our website at alethisresources.com. And you can see it looks like a target. And we've talked about this over the past few weeks with questions such as, who is God? Who is God to me? Who is God to others? And now we are saying, we are asking, who am I to God? And Jeff, take it away. <laughs> Bada bing. <laughs> <laughs> Launch. No ten nine eight seven six. We'll nope. just just go. go. For it. Yes. All right. All right. So I don't know. You know. You know. I don't know what this is going to be like today. There's a very good chance that it may become emotional. Um, but but we have. You know. We were talking before we we started recording that. You know. This is an extremely important question it's a difficult question it's a difficult question that that Christians struggle with at times but so and 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 we should also say this that that kind of both of us are in we're struggling physically today so I you know I don't know what kind of energy we're gonna gonna give if you've if you've come here to listen to our comedy hour there's a chance that we may not have comedy hour today or it may be unintentional yes <laughs> it, it may be um and, and you know yes that's exactly right there there a great deal of what we say today may be unintentional um so if it is just write your congressman and uh, all right Okay, so here we go. Um, so, who am I to God? Is is a is a it, again? It really is a difficult question. It's a painful question because because what it, it it includes often what it includes maybe even all the time what it includes is it, it includes a self evaluation. If I am if I am saying who am I to God, then what do I bring? To God, if that's the question, what do I bring to God? And if I've started, you know, as we've talked about many, many times um, in our podcasts and in our other conversations and all of our trainings, you know, if we start with the question, "Who am I to myself?" and I find myself empty, I find myself lacking, I find myself, you know, insufficient. Well, one, those things are always true. You're always going to find yourself insufficient because you're not intended to be sufficient. If you were intended to be sufficient, you wouldn't be dependent. If you're not dependent, you you don't need to join with God. If you don't need to join with God, then there is no purpose. Um, so okay. you're always going to find yourself insufficient. That's part of the design. That's that's the intent. You know, so that you're dependent. So if you but and you're it, and you're not ever going to be sufficient. Right. That's that's the thing to a lot of us have a hard hard time grasping hold of is that. If we're trying to attain something that's unattainable, right, then that adds 
to the whole frustration in this whole process of everything we're we're talking about of the direction you go and the way you ask these questions and so it's important to realize that we on our own are never going to be sufficient right right you know and, and then another thing that very much connected there when we ask this question who am i to god what we really do is we filter this question with who am i to others you know who do others say that i am who do, is that even one of our questions? I think it is. Um, it doesn't. It's not what they say. But yeah. Just, who am I to others? Right there. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so it, which is a, the next question that we're right. going to ask? Because what we've done is we've started. Who am I to myself? Then who am I to others? How do others treat others? Treat me? How do others view me? How do I earn their respect? How do I earn their love? Their attention? Their you know, their admiration, how do I get that? Because I want, it's not that you, it's not even so much, and I know it seems like it, but it's not so much that you want your admiration, it's that you want their attachment. You want the significance that comes from that attachment, that attention, that necessity, right? Right, right. Um, But if you're empty, somebody feel it. Okay, and if people don't, then what's, you know, then you go to the next one. Again, we're starting from a different place. Who is God, and then who is God to, to me, and then in this case now we're talking about who is who am who am I to God. Don't don't come at it from. Because God's not like other people, God's not a people at all. Right, right, and and the thing is when you do come at it from the other way Mm -hmm. that's where those doubts and fears and um even our inadequacies and things like that are magnified because we are trying to look at my um who am i to god based on what others have said, what others have done, their opinions, things like that. And it's, you, you cannot come at it from the center without going through that. That's the beauty of your um, design of this, this um, graphic that we have is that it truly does if we're coming at it from ourselves, it definitely, that question is answered through others. Yeah, yeah. You know, even in church, let's talk about it from a church standpoint, because that's really, that's the majority of our, our of our conversations, is, right. is how does this impact ministry? You know, when you, when you think about in church, you know, you're, we really in church maybe more than than other places we we wear that evaluation requirement it it, it feels like a test on a, uh, every single time we gather with with people and here's here's the the reality of what's what's going on is you want to be a part of this group Okay, because because the story is that if I'm a part of this group, if I'm accepted, 
in this mm-hmm. church, if I'm accepted in this body, if I'm am a part of it, then there's there's advantage there. It's going to be better than if I was rejected. If, and, and who wants to be rejected? Right. You know that. Yeah, you know, I've I've revealed that before. That's my number one fear is rejection. Mm-hmm. I don't fear death at, even remotely. I fear rejection. But who wants to be rejected? Nobody. Nobody wants to really be rejected. We may pretend. We may go, oh, yeah, that's not a problem. I don't really care. I'm my own person, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So you've, you've, you've established some kind of storyline that allows you to separate yourself, but it's because you want acceptance, not because you, you anyway, right. I won't go right. deep into that. That's, that's, you know, that's, a, that's a very long conversation. <laughs> But, you know, here's the thing, you know, you, you want acceptance in this group. If I'm accepted in this group, okay, so how do I get acceptance? From a very human perspective, humans look at each other. So, Don, I look at you and I go, okay, I don't, there's, there is a vast amount of unknown. Now, you, you and right. I have known each other for a long time. We've had hours and hours and hours of conversations. Right. Many of those conversations have been about, you know, our own personal struggles, right. our own personal history, stories. But I still, there's, there's a massive amount of unknown. One, I don't know what you're thinking <laughs> right now. Nobody does. Now, right. <laughs> Even you're not completely clear on what you're thinking. Right. And it's not a, that, that's not a, a flaw. That's a fact. It's just, it's right. just the way it is. Right. Um, and, and so there's a massive amount of unknown, and, and I've, I've probably shared this before, you know, that, that the brain is a better filter than it is a, a you know, a receptor. It, it filters out 99. This is an actual statistic. This is not made up. I'm not making this up. You've, your brain filters out 99.999967% of all data that's coming to it every second. So you're out of, out of an estimated 2 million bits of information coming at it per second, it's only taking in 134 bits of information. So that's 99.999967%, there's four nines after the digit, um, <laughs> um, is being filtered out. You're only taking in point zero 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 three three percent so what we do is we fill in the rest exactly with our assumptions it's like um when you go to the museum of natural history and you see these giant skeletons of the dinosaurs Mm. when really they've only found two of the bones yeah but they've deduced based on just those and different things that they think happened and theories they came up with the rest of the skeleton even though they really only found two bones and that's exactly what we do we know two facts and we fill in the rest to make a picture that could be completely false Right, right. And, and the reason we do that is because it gives us a sense of power. It gives us a sense right. of, of uh, capability. I'm, I'm capable. If I know the story, then I'm more capable. And so I create a story about you that, one, if I have full control over it, then I even feel a greater sense of power. And a greater sense of power means that I don't feel a sense of powerlessness if I don't 
feel a sense of powerlessness, then I don't feel fear and anxiety. And if I don't feel fear and anxiety, that's better. I feel better about things. And so it's so really that that judgment, that need to create a story about another. Um, you know, I, I fill in all of the blanks, or, or or I fill in enough blanks that I feel like I don't have an, you know, I, I have a, a a cohesive story about somebody. You know, I. And, well, and I hate to say this too, but a problem that we have, and it's not just in the church, but unfortunately, it's a lot in the church, is that someone will take that assumption that they have, mm-hmm. and will talk to other people. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, a group of people has built this assumption that could be completely false about a person, but yet they're all determined it's true. And then it's like you're on the defense trying to prove that what they think mm-hmm. isn't true. If you're, you know, really, if that becomes a problem. And, and, <laughs> We create so many issues within the church just based on those very assumptions. Yeah, yeah, and and here's the thing: you said it could be completely false. One, let me let me let me correct that just a little bit and say: one, it's never going to be completely false, but it's always going to be massively incomplete. Right. It is going to right. be a microscopic, minute version of a piece of information always do i mean sometimes do i mean usually no i mean 100 percent of the time you only have a teeny tiny window of information and that information is usually snapshot in in again always incomplete always 100 percent of the time accept that receive that embrace that it's always incomplete what you think you know you don't know you know um jesus in his time i'm sure a lot of the very um very astute temple followers um saw him as a rebel and a rule breaker probably even though he wasn't really that but based Mm -hmm. on their traditions like the ox in the ditch thing on on the yeah. Sabbath, you know, things like that. There were different things that didn't line up, and I'm sure they filled in so much mm-hmm. that they didn't know about him. It was the people that came and listened to him and were touched directly by him mm-hmm. that began that would see something different. But I'm sure there were probably this ma- there was this massive group mm-hmm. still that were very, you know very tied in that if the Pharisees or Sadducees, if they said it, then it was true. So if they said things about Jesus, and and I'm just saying that because it's the same in our churches today. Yeah, yeah. And that's an interesting um, thing that you brought up there. You know, here's a story that came to my mind was was the, the, the man who was born blind, Jesus healed him. And then, so, so the, the, the officials 
the, the Jewish officials, the Hebrew officials, they bring him in and they start asking him, oh, so so this guy's blaspheming, right? Because, you know, he's healing you on the Sabbath. That's forbidden. So tell us what an evil, horrible man this, this Jesus is. And he's like, and he admitted, he said, look, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Here's what I know. I was blind and now I can see. Right. I don't know. So, but their their perspective, their interpretation of the story, they they both know the facts. Right. Okay. What happened? The guy was blind and now he sees, and they now. But there's a whole bunch of unknown, a massive amount of unknown. Who is this? Jesus, what's the deal? How is he able to do this? And so, what they did is they both came from, from the the place of their, their fear. Okay. The the Pharisees or Sadducees, I don't remember which one. Maybe right. it was a mixture of both. I don't I don't really remember. Um, but but they come at it from their fear. Here's here's a several fears. One, they've got. We've got control, and we want to retain control, and we don't want to lose control. If we lose control, then that means, you know, we lose our significance, right? right? So this Jesus is coming in, and if if he's really the Messiah, if he's really mm-hmm. something, he's coming in, and, and he's going to take away. He's taking away some of our followers, and you find that in the New Testament several times in, in the Gospels. Right. Hey, some of the people that used to follow <laughs> us, that used to, to, you know, kind of— worship our right. image used to, to to bow down to us and, and bring us Pepsi. I don't know why <laughs> I said Pepsi, but you know, used to bring us something are no longer doing that. They're no longer awed by us. They're they're awed by this guy who's who's out there healing blind people. I mean, what a massive blow it was, I'm sure, for Saul, Paul mm. to change when he was very much um, when he would go after the Christians mm. to for the sake of the Jewish government or yeah. whatever it is, but he'd go after them to bring them in, to bring them to justice, and then all of a sudden he completely changes, and imagine what a massive blow yeah. that was even. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad his name wasn't Finney, you know, because he was kind of the, he was kind of the, the, Sanhedrin Mafia. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna bring hey, I'm gonna bring this guy in. I'm gonna make you an offer you can't refuse. All right. Anyway. Now I have yeah. a new new voice in my head for Paul now. Yes, I know. He yeah, he was he was basically the mafia, you know, um, I don't know, whatever word I'm looking for. So. Um and and before we go too far off the church thing, I did want to mention, because you were talking about the um what we learn, how we perceive this question, who am I to God, based on other people in the mm-hmm. church and what they say and what they do. And I was thinking, you know, the really, what's really bad is when the children, are, or even new, new Christians or anything like that, but I'm thinking even of children in the church, and, and what do they hear? Well, God wouldn't like that. God's going to be mad at you Hmm. if you do this. Hmm. God, you know, isn't pleased with that, which pulls in a rejection thing. Um, God, and and we hear these things Hmm. from well-meaning people trying Mm -hmm. to steer somebody in the right direction. But instead of saying, 
something like, well, this is what the Bible says you should do, or this is, you know, then we put it directed at that child or person Mm -hmm. that God is not pleased Mm -hmm. with them. When it's coming out of the mouth of a human of somebody else who's really saying, I'm not pleased with this, but I'm going to put the blame on God. Right, right. And and in what we're doing, Here's exactly what's happening. Now what we're doing is we're saying, look, if you want to earn my respect, you want to earn my love, you want to earn my admiration, you have to do these certain things. Guess what? God is the same way. And that's not true. That is not true at all. And if you have any question about that, you need to read your Bible. (laughs) <laughs> you need to spend right. some, some serious time in your Bible because if you don't think that's true, you've never read the Bible even one time. And I don't care if – I, I yeah. will get fired <laughs> up here in just a second, but, but I hear this all the stinking time. Right. People will say, oh, yeah, grace, faith, love, just surrender. But, yeah, here's – But you have, here's your list. Yeah, here's your list of rules. So if you want to earn my respect, you're going to do this and don't do that, and that's what God's model is. You just said two completely opposite right. things. Quit lying to people. Quit creating some kind of 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 of, of gospel that is that is not godly gospel, but is that your churchy gospel. Quit creating church gospel and telling people that there is a godly gospel that's of grace, that is about surrender, that faith is sourced in God and not in you, and then you tell them the exact opposite when it comes down to the process. Don't tell people a churchy gospel. Tell them the godly gospel. Right. I have a – when I was looking at my notebook as we were getting ready to – Boom. Oh, he had a mic drop there. Okay, oh, I was man, supposed to I'm say just, that. I'm, you know. I'm so fired up right now. <laughs> okay, there is a quote that I had written in my notebook here, and I'm sorry I didn't say who said it. Could have been Jeff, I don't know, or somebody else. If it's good, it probably was not me. But <laughs> Well, it is good, and you do have some good things, but a lot of good things. But sorry, I didn't write down who this was. But it says, God doesn't operate by a scale of human merit, but on a scale of sovereign grace. Mm. Those are two totally different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did not say that. Okay. But it, but just the other day, I, I remember texting you. You remember the – I don't know if you remember the text. I was I was reading through something. I don't remember what, what the passage was. I think it was in Proverbs, actually. So we had just, we had, just had a, one of our previous podcasts. We had, we had just recorded a conversation about Jesus. It may have been, even been the last one. I don't, I don't remember now. Um, but we were talking about Jesus and um, and then him taking on our limitations and and embracing that. Okay. And then I was reading through, and I probably should look this up. But but I was reading through um, Proverbs, and and here's here's what what came out from both of those things. I took both of those things together and kind of synthesized it. And here's what came out of it was really. Because it was talking about sin. What is sin? Sin is separation from God. How do I how do I obtain holiness and blamelessness? Okay, it is proximity. It is joining with God. We've talked about that. Right. Um, but trying to earn, trying to earn behavior your way to God is sin. Trying to, so you're saying, oh, well, I'm doing really good things, big whooping deal. 
so what if you're doing good things? Look, I, I've got lots and lots of friends that, that, are, that are not Christians at all, and they do really good things. The Christians have this perspective sometimes, this, this fantasy, that we're the only ones that do good things. Look, we're, we're actually probably, if you were to, to add up, add it all up, we're probably not doing any more good things than anybody else is doing good things. Right. There's plenty of people doing good, good things um, from, from their perspective. So it, it's not about doing good things. Now, once you are joined with, with God and you are, you, are, you are connected, you are unified with him, the things that you do are affected by the joining, but you don't create the joining by the things that you do. Because we're not perfect yes. and as i don't care however many pa- people say that once they become a christian then they don't you know do anything that's wrong they don't do anything and <laughs> it, it, it's that's just what i have to say about that <laughs> yeah because we are human yeah. we are not perfect and we go through our days and we get upset and we deal with things and we have struggles the thing is, God is there with us because we're joined with him. It's yeah. just a different different um, part of the pro- different perception in a way of understanding and 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 looking to him and listening to him and living based on his guidance rather than just having to do it all on our own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, back whenever I was a kid, I used to hear this all the time. I don't drink, smoke, or chew, or go out with girls that do. I don't. <laughs> yeah, so, I heard that so, too. So that was somehow your, oh, well, if I don't, as long as I don't do those three things yeah. or four things, whatever, then holy, holy, holy. You know, it, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Well, they said that, and then the church still had a list of like, 510 other little things that you have to do or don't do. I mean, it wasn't an actual list, yeah, but my, the people my church in the was holier than yours. We had five and 11. So just. <laughs> trying to one up me. I see yeah, how you right, are. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 because you're older. Yeah. It's a company. Ooh. Oh, harshness. Oh. It's okay. It's okay. It's true. It's okay. I'm not afraid of the truth. Um, yeah, it, it, and, and we do make it into this competition, and you're going, and now you're listening to us kind of prattle on about all this and go, what does this have to do with who am I to God? These are, this is actually the conversations that people have when they are asking the question, who am I to God? They're not really asking the question, who am I to God? Right, because if you look at the graphic, when you come at it from yourself it has to go through others Mm -hmm. and the reason why is because if we're not totally looking at it based on who god is Mm -hmm. first then that's what we have to go on is just like going back to the dinosaur skeletons they're gonna those scientists are gonna look at different research from other people different things that all these different options and then come up with their theory based on all these other things that people have decided or come up with or said and um and that's what we do and and the problem is that's what when we come at it from that way that's what creates that doubt 
and frustration and the idea that, well, I'm not good enough to go to church or mm. to, you know, be a follower. I'm not um, perfect enough or, well, I've made too many mistakes. Well, we say that and it looks like it's just looking at ourselves and part of it is, but it's also based on what other people have put on us. Yeah. And, and, and the sad thing is, even going to back to what I said about the children, the sad thing is, it is, there's so much unpacking that you have to do whenever you have grown up with people constantly saying, well, God doesn't like it when you do this. God is mad when you do this. You better watch out. He, God's going to strike you with lightning. And we hear all these things. And there's a book, a business book of who's packing your parachute. Mm. And that's the same thing. What we do is we end up with this. I've always talked about a suitcase. Um, when I've taught some of this, but but that's just it. What are people putting in your suit? We, we hear these things and we hold on to them and carry them around because we're looking at our life through that. And so that's why it's very much a part of this conversation because that's exactly, exactly what we hear and what guides us when we're coming from who we are to ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really good. Yeah, you won't... You know, here, here's the here's the in the crazy thing. I'm going to add to that. Um, you know, if it if it comes through, if it's filtered through our our interaction with other people. Right. You know, so if we find our identity, we're, we're going to talk about identity because yes. that's you know who am I? Right. You no, know, that's identity. So if we find our identity through our interactions with other people, let let's pretend that you're a super social person and you have interacted with all 8 billion people on the planet, okay? There's not quite 8 billion, but it's getting close. Um, so let's, let's pretend for a second that you've interacted with 8 billion people on the planet and you're finding your identity through them. All right, so here's the deal. Their information is horribly incomplete it is microscopic it is a drop of water in a thousand oceans it that's the data that they have even if they've spent every day with you they still have because you your perception of yourself is also filtered out it is again 99. Nine 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 six seven percent filtered. Okay, so you don't even have a complete, accurate, complete perception of yourself. Right. Right. There's no way that they're going to have a even a remotely complete perception of you. They're going to have a drop of water from a thousand oceans. Right. In contrast to a thousand oceans of information. Right. So so now. And their perception of you is going to be filtered through their own experience, through their own fears, through their own um, needs, wants, fears, and experiences. Right. Everybody is going to be filtered through that. Right. So that means that you're going to have 8 billion different droplets placed upon you to to create your identity eight billion different resources 
for your identity. So let's just think that out just for a second. Is that even possible? No, it's not possible. It's not even remotely possible. One, they're all wrong. Okay, as, as right as they would like to perceive themselves to be, they're all going to be wrong. You're going to be wrong. They're going to be wrong. Everybody is, everybody is wrong. Rightness in perception and observation is a fantasy. It's not ever going to be correct from a human perspective because it's not possible. It's not even, it's not even mentally possible. But what we do is so then we take the opinions of those closest to us because we feel like, well, if anybody knows us, they do. Mm. Yeah, because we think that they should, because they, we, think, we think that my perceptions are complete, we, then we think their perceptions are complete, and neither one of those are even, even remotely close to true. And that's why it hurts and it's hard. Mm-hmm. When you're coming at it from the center and you see um, opinions of parents or of best friends or spouses or children, things like that that are incorrect, most likely, but yet it's something that's been placed on you and they're the ones you want to accept you. You want to, and so, and I would dare say there's even things that we may know it's not our identity of who we are, Mm -hmm. but we try to change that based on those perceptions and we're not looking at how did God make me who am I coming from that perspective we're trying to make who we are even to present ourselves to God maybe but make who we are through what others feel like we should be even if we know it's not true yeah yeah because we haven't we haven't embraced the way we haven't embraced the way. And what's the way I'm talking about? Well, if, you, if you've read your Bible, if you're in ministry, then you know what I'm talking about. I am talking about the way, the way, the truth, the life. That's what I'm talking about. What is the way? Look, he is unlimited. He is God, unlimited. Does he, is, is he, is he, is the, his reality, I started to say plug, but it's not, it's not a, it's not a problem. Our limitations in perception is actually not a problem. It is. It is a beautiful, amazing, strengthening thing because it requires us to be dependent upon the unlimited God. Be, be real with your perception of self and understand you don't know. Get over yourself. Quit trying to know what you can't know. Um, but embrace his unlimited nature, Un- and he is not... He's not limited in even the slightest way. So it, it, it's, it's not an evaluation. He's not coming at you. He's not extending love to you based on evaluation. We do that with each other, um, you know, which you know, we've talked about that in previous podcasts, you know, agape love, unconditional positive regard. You know, he, 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 gives, he gives it as an, the all-knowing, the singularly all-knowing. We give it to each other 
because it's the only thing that makes sense. Right. Agape love toward one another is the only thing that makes sense because you can't know enough in order to evaluate well enough to determine whether someone is worthy of love. And that's why, that's why the whole idea of, well, I don't love them anymore. And I'm not talking even in a marriage relationship, but the whole mm-hmm. thing of, oh, well, I used to care about them, but they don't get my love anymore because mm-hmm. of these certain things. And it wasn't real love. If you're giving real love, mm-hmm. then even if you're shocked with something that's done, it should not shake the love that's there if it's coming from God because God's love doesn't do that yeah yeah you know I have a I have a friend um I I won't say his name but I have a friend Bocephus (laughs) sure (laughs) yes we've we've changed the name um we so in in considers himself a Christian in but I, I, I think about this every day. And I, when I say I think about it every day, I'm not exaggerating. I mean this sincerely. I had a conversation um, with him once, and I said, you know, that, that I extend unconditional love to people because they have infinite value, value because God said that they have an infinite value, and I'm, going, I'm not going to argue with God. And he said, that is, that is a noble perspective. But I don't agree with it. I don't think people have infinite value. And it, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm even tearing up just a little bit. It saddens me. That, that breaks my heart for my friend. Maybe it breaks my heart um, because he's, he's playing an impossible game. He's playing a game where he's trying to evaluate people based on what they do. And he can't. No, it's, he's pretending to know. He's pretending to be capable of knowing. Right. He's pretending to, listen to this, he's pretending to know, have the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. He's pretending to have the knowledge of good and evil. Hmm. Does that Where sound familiar? Where did that familiar? come from? Mm, yes, but it's not real. It's not true because you can't, again, Neuroscience. If you, if, you know, I, I, I love neuroscience because it, it, I, it reveals the design of that God has has developed within our brains, within our bodies. It's absolutely fascinating. Your brain is not as capable as you would dream it to be. And again, that's not a flaw. That's not a mistake. That's not an accident. That's only that only is perceived as an accident if you're trying to compete with people, if you're trying to be a superhero. Right. It is absolutely beautiful and, and incredible if you are trying to join with, be united with the unlimited God. I lost what I was going to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> This moment of silence is brought to you by <laughs> Silence. So, so as we're looking at it from that joining, mm-hmm. then our tendency in church a lot of times is to go, and we talked about this for just a second right before we, we did this, is to go from the idea of Christian cliche sayings. Mm-hmm. 
doesn't mean they're not true. They are, you know, they're, they're things that people have pulled out of the Bible. Things like I'm the head and not the tail. Sure. You know, the beginning, not the end, things yeah. like that. We don't always say um, anything about the poor in spirit or the, mm. you know, we don't, we don't say things about um, the Beatitudes as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's usually those things that lift us up and make us feel better and these cliche sayings. And so we try to say, who am I to God? is just based on those things but that's still a who am i Mm. it's not who am i to god right right if that makes sense yeah (laughs) yeah exactly well you know and here's the thing so we've we've talked about all of this and and we really haven't answered the question who am i to god now here's the thing um, and we we have mentioned this in previous podcasts. We mention it in all of our trainings um, because it's a it's a very core point, and that is look, okay, we are limited by design. We are created by God with limited capacity to understand, limited capacity to see, limited capacity to you know, we're seeing through a glass darkly. It's just the reality of our existence. We're, we're, we're limited in space. We can only be in one place at one time. Some of us, like me, are, take up a little more space than others. <laughs> but you know, we, we're limited to space. We're, we're limited in our capacity. We're limited. Look, and, and, and here's, a, here's a fantasy that I will, I will shatter, hopefully, um, shatter it, is, is we think, like, for instance, we think memory is all about retaining data. And it's not. The brain doesn't care about data. Data is more like a barnacle on the side of a boat. What is the boat? It is an emotional memory. Okay, so that's what the brain is really about: is is creating emotional memories, um, and not so that you can remember what happened, because it that story will change again. Understand? We we create these fantasies of what our brain is able to do. Does that mean you you never remember data? No, it's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is that data is not the important part of what your brain cares about. Because again, it's going to eliminate eliminate most of it because there's right. no emotional memory to it. Um, look at the people who do memory competition. Anybody who's listening to this who does memory competition, they're going, you tell it, brother, because that's exactly right. That's how I create these these insane memory. Um, streams because I do it with a emotion. Okay, I don't want to get too far mm-hmm. into that. But here's my point: we have a misunderstanding of ourselves. We have a misunderstanding of our capacity. Here's the beauty. Here's who we are. One, we are created by design, by God. That is not debatable. Um, anything right. outside of that is an attempt to create a, a version of ourselves that's a fantasy. It's not even real. Okay, so we're by design by God. We're not flawed. It's not a mistake. We're designed with these limitations absolutely on purpose, not as a punishment. None of that is a punishment. That's right. It's by God's design so that we are, in, and then we're invited. We are invited. How many times? Constantly, over and over and over. We're invited into union with the unlimited God. He has no limitations. He is now. You do have to accept that that 
invitation. He's not forcing you because right. he could. Look, he's he's unlimited, so he could. But that that's not. Well, if I forced you to to come have dinner at my house, that's kidnapping. That's not you know that's not right. a that's not a union. Um, you know, you're a prisoner. Um, you know, I, I'm holding you hostage. He's not going to hold us hostage, right. because that's not union. That's not within his nature. Hostageness is not within his nature. Right. Um, forcing us into kidnap to be kidnapped is not within his nature. That's not union. Right. Union is receiving the invitation, accepting that, understand that he values you infinitely. He loves you unconditionally. That's who you are. What you end up doing with your life is immaterial. Um, you know, some people go, well, I'm, I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to do that. You are supposed to be in union with God. And, and then union with God means that you, you are obedient to him. Obedience is, is part of that union. Right. Because if I'm disobedient to him, I'm, I'm breaking the union, right? I'm breaking that, that connection to him, that joining. Right. I'm going to join with him because I'm joining with myself. I'm going to... I'm going to be disobedient because I'm going to do my own thing. Doing my own thing, does that sound like joining? No, it sounds like disjoining. It sounds like detaching, right? So, so. But, but understand, we're not saying that, I mean, this doesn't mean everybody has to all close up and be in their own little Christian bubble exactly or anything opposite. like yeah. that. What it's saying is that in this human life, this Mm-hmm. thing that I'm set on yeah. we live in obedience we are joined with him in everything that we do come on whatever it, it is yep. whatever career you have whatever whether you are living on the street or whether you're living in a palace doesn't matter you're joining with him and yep. understand too that joining with him doesn't mean we're all going to live in a palace Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord, in relationship with Him and joining with Him. That's the key. And and that is mm-hmm. the joining is the benefit. That's the that's the plus side. The the gift of this. It's not that I'm obedient to Him, so He's going to bless everything in my life mm. and and this is Come what on. we expect we feel like if we have become a christian then i should be successful in everything i should have money and everything and we take scripture out of context making it apply to us when there are some things that applied to a country of israel mm. but the country not every individual person um for example, the for I know the plans I have for you, that was said to a nation. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that he doesn't know, he hasn't designed us. Yes, he has. Yeah. But the prosper you, we take that as, oh, we're all going to have lots of money if we just do everything right. Mm. And then we get on ourselves. We don't understand who we are to God because we're not prospering. Mm. And we struggle. Some of it could be, Maybe you're not being obedient because you could do things yeah. that help you. But it also may be that your life, whether you have an illness, whether you have different 
um, financial stations, whatever it is, it's still that joining with God. And we're needed in all areas of life, suffering or not, whatever it is, God still has designed us, we are limited, and we are, our ultimate thing is to join with him. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's excellent. All right, we are at 47 and a half minutes. Um, I think we good? That sounds good. You can you can know that we're going to pick some more pieces of this up right. in previous podcasts. You know this is this, you know we're not we're not done with this conversation, um, but we're done with it for today. So. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right, thank you, Don. Appreciate it. All right, bye bye. To learn more about the Truly Unlimited podcast, Alethe's resources, No One Dismissed, a comprehensive ministry plan for addressing intense emotional pain, or our other resources, go to alethesresources.com. And Alethes is spelled A-L-E-T-H-E-S, alethesresources.com, or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.